1: Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2 bet. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. little me get a really quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Sidgwick to review... Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. real, yeah, baby. baby. <laughs> that laugh every time gets me. <laughs> um, what do you make of this week's show?
2: I thought this was a better-than-usual rampage. But the caveat... Here is that what constitutes a good rampage now is not what constituted a good rampage when the show was at its peak, mm. if that makes any sense. There are rampages that are just totally bang average. There are rampages that there's never, an it's very rarely an actively bad rampage, right? But now what's happened is the show has been so stigmatized as this, inessential, genuinely devoid of real star power and stakes and attractions that this vibe has cloaked it. And it's visually represented by the fact that a lot of people in these arenas just simply go home after the dynamite portion of the wednesday tapings is finished and it's so obvious on a visual level because those arenas look like um i'm traumatized by what wcw nitro looked like in 1999 because they were so bright mm. and they put the lights up to a very vibrant level in 1998 to like it was just a production choice and you could see everyone going crazy you could spot some guy giving the kid a torture rack in like the 12th (laughs) row because it was just such a bright, vivid um, spectacle. And then in 1999 and in 2000, they just didn't have those big crowds anymore. So they had to tarp it, they had to lower the house lights. And it was, for me, the contrast for how rapidly that promotion declined. Mm. Whenever I see, I get sort of a, like a, like a, Vibe when I see a venue on wrestling TV now that looks like that, Mm -hmm. and Rampage almost invariably looks like that. It's a similar thing where dynamite's always really brightly lit, unless they've got a particularly bad house of like Mm 3,000, then a 10,000 or 8,000 seater. So they do at times on dynamite just dim it slightly to try and hide something. They're hiding something on Rampage. What they're hiding is a lot of people have gone home. And the reason why they've gone home is because Rampage is just there a lot of the time. So even when it's good, it's still a bit bleak. Mm. And that was very much the case for the main event in particular, I thought.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Now you mention it and point that out. That's absolutely valid. And I think it's a, a true point as well. That I was surprised that they were doing so much because, like you say, sometimes Rampage is so on its own little island of like we'll do stuff, but it's not really the big blow off to anything, and it's not going to be that essential yeah. when it comes to because the big blow off or the big developments will be on Dynamite. I was pleasantly surprised that they were doing quite a lot of stuff on this show that wasn't just tuning to Dynamite yeah. because I mean you don't really need to with this the, the, the audience for that Rampage gets. Um, but yeah, there was some intriguing developments on this show that we will get into, uh, and a hell of an announcement. And uh, surprise, surprise, another great promo from uh, Mark Briscoe. Just yeah. Give him a microphone all the time. Put him on commentary. I don't care. I just love hearing that man talk. Um, but the show started um, with Sammy Guevara versus Action Andretti, uh, with Chris Jericho being incredibly biased on commentary and basically just having a row with Tony Giovanni for about <laughs> 10 minutes. Um but uh, these two are phenomenally talented youngsters and uh, did some ridiculous spots in here. They go to the floor early and they get chucking each other into the barricades. Um, Andre does a big dive through the ropes. Uh, at one point, <laughs> I've just written this down because you and I talked about it in the office earlier. Andretti has the fucking temerity to high-five one fan. and JR does not like this. What's funny is that
2: you were watching Rampage the same time as Murray on his lunch break was catching up with the first three matches of Revolution. Yes. Obviously, Murray has been on holiday. And what's funny is that when you clocked that, I was standing over his shoulder because he was watching the casket match between Jack Perry and Christian Cage. And it was so great. that I was like, I have to watch the best moments yeah. over his shoulder. And Jack Perry high-fived about five different people in the course of that match. On which Jim Ross was commentating, and he said nothing. <laughs> he just... tries to get his digs in when he thinks he can get away with it. Like, he knows that Jack Perry is a pushed project, a big head. Like, he's one of the first names, or like, he's in that second batch of names to make the pay per view card. And quite frankly, he's endorsed by the books, by all accounts. They are yeah. friends. And it was actually Cody who brought Jungle Boy in. But regardless, he's a books guy. They look after him. And they mentor him. All I'm saying is that he knows where his bread is buttered. As Jim Ross picks even, his spots, even if he makes himself out to be something maybe of a hypocrite. Mm.
1: And he was a guest on Wrestle Culture last week. If you missed that, go and check it out right now. What culture? I, I wherever you get your podcasts go from. I missed him. Yeah,
2: so I would have took him the to task for some of his commentary. <laughs>
1: Uh, they get back in the ring. Uh, Andretti hits a shotgun dropkick and a nice split legged moonsault for a near fall. Takes Guevara out to the floor. Uh, and then there's a bit where he goes for a big springboard and Guevara just nailed him with a knee strike. Oh my God. I'll, I'll permit the use of that button. Took his head off with that. I love that. I rewound it about three times. Um, I think that's when we went to break. We come back. And I'm not sure. If we, I think we talked about this recently. I think one of the worst wrestling moves to take. Wouldn't be, I mean, it would suck to take, like, a V-trigger and stuff like that. But I trust Kenny and people like that to, to work it a little bit. The bit where these two have hit a crossbody on each other. Yeah. There's no There's no stopping that, is it? It's a very effective spot because no one knows what it's like
2: to get a pile driver. But everyone knows what it's like to be winded. Mm, like so running like, someone
1: playing football or something. Yeah, everyone knows what, everyone's been winded at one point or another. Um. There's a nice sort of backbreaker, neckbreaker combo that Andretti uses on Guevara. Uh, and he hit him with like an Arabian press or something on the floor. Um, and then he hits a springboard 450 splash for a nice two count as well. Um, Guevara runs at Andretti and gets hit with a Spanish fly, or might, actually might have been the other way around. Um, Andretti goes for a standing shooting star, but Guevara gets his knees up and then drops Andretti right on his head for this DDT that looked
3: awesome.
1: And... Um, but Andre, he's getting some ring nous about him now, and he rolls to the floor, but Guevara ah, ah, stretching after him before he can get there to cover. So Guevara puts him on the timekeeper's table, but Andre fights back and switches positions and splashes Guevara through the timekeeper's table, um, rolls him back in the ring, but as the ref is going after Guevara, who's selling his knee, who runs down, but Daniel Garcia shoves Andretti off the top as he's about to do something ridiculous again off the top rope. He sort of Hangs his neck on the top rope as he falls as well. Guevara grabs him. GTH, one, two, three.
2: So Andretti versus the JAS must continue. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I did think you might say that. That's
2: more than once now where Garcia has cost him, and it's obviously building to a Garcia-Andretti match again. We're in a looping pattern. Do you
1: think he might cost them in the trios on Wednesday?
2: I don't want him anywhere near it. No. I do not want him anywhere near it. I don't know why this must continue. I don't know why this match happened. Um... It just feels like this lingering after effect that Tony Khan really can't tie up in a satisfactory way. There are a few things I want to put over. I really did bite for that knee reversal. Like That really got me. They'd ordered the events, the plot points in mm. the match where I was really taking aback. back. Like it was a surprise. It was exciting. And I do like the idea that Andretti... Ruled out of the ring. As you said, a really great point, Will Bourne. Hey, you should call me Butter, baby. I'm on a roll. He did start life as this spirited jobber ready for a tune-up match with Jericho. And they are trying to tell a story by match by match. He's starting to get a bit of wherewithal. But ultimately, Action Andretti for me is like a new metal band releasing an album in 2004. <laughs> it's just too late for me to get interested in that style. He doesn't do anything that makes him stand out. He wrestles a style that for me is no longer fashionable or really interesting or not in and of of itself what he does, even if you can't really sort of put all of this together. In and of itself, you can't say what he does isn't impressive Mm -hmm. on a, Agility, athleticism level, what he does is really, really, really impressive. But I've seen so much of it that mm. it's difficult to be impressed by. He doesn't stand out. It's great for his level of experience, but in a, a form or a sub-style of wrestling that I'm just so deadened by. Mm. There were elements of this match where I think they were gearing up to one of the first spots on the outside when... Andretti shot him into the ropes so then Guevara could skin the cat and I could just see them trying to do it. It Mm. wasn't seamless. And it just feels like I don't get at this point why Andretti's the priority. I think that he functioned brilliantly as a guy who just unsettled Chris Jericho and knocked his confidence. And it was... That match existed, I thought at the time, to drive Chris Jericho's next arc. But Andretti, I just certain things like that um, that springboard moonsault off the top rope, it doesn't look that impactful. It looked like... So if you've got... Imagine in your head, Sammy Guevara's lying down. Like, Andre didn't go splat. It was like his knees connected with a mat before that sort of chest to stomach, I'm winding you with an aerial move. It just felt weak. Mm. It felt like a high spot for high spot's sake. I just get nothing out of this kind of match unless it is performed at the absolute highest level. And I understand he's probably got visa issues. This happens. All Pack is, you know, just enjoying time in the UK. But when you've got an act like PAC doing what he's done for the past four years, someone like Andre can only be considered like a, a weaker, more derivative, like emulation of what PAC does a lot better. And I've just seen this style... So much, it's become a cliche, I'm just uninspired by it completely at this point. And I just, just, I don't know what to do with Andretti, but the fact that he's getting more TV time every single week than, like, a hook, it just feels like he's easy to
1: beat, and Khan likes beating people, and he's just a bit generic. You're far better than me at Twitter, at Sidgwick by the way. Um, and I'm oh, thank you. formulating a tweet right now, but I need your help finishing it off. You know the meme where it's like the kid in the swimming pool and then the kid close to the camera drowning and then the dead the skeleton. Yeah, yeah. So I've got Action Andretti, Tony can't holding up Action Andretti, Wheeler Uter being the... Yeah, yeah. And then I can't work out who that last one is. Oh. Miro?
2: Potentially Miro, but... It, it might be a case of I don't wanna, yeah. being his own worst enemy. Maybe Brian Cage? Because
1: mm, what I'm thinking of is, yeah, these like you say, these people that Tony Khan suddenly goes, you, you're the guy. And he did it with, with Garcia, he did it with Utah and he's doing it now with Andretti. And they don't ever really get anywhere these days, do they? But uh, I want to talk to you about what came next, because Darby Allen, there's a little a couple of videos here. Darby Allen says, I don't care about success if I can't be myself. Uh... And there's loads of footage of him and Sting. And I'm like, "You, yeah, please, yes. Uh, and he says he's going to make his intentions clear on Dynamite next week. And then Jungle Boy Jack Perry recaps the brilliant final burial from AEW Revolution. So he's done with Christian. Uh, but anyone who's got a championship built around their waist better watch out. And I saw a tweet about this, so I'm just going to steal it. Uh, <laughs> MJF, big birthday celebration on Wednesday, of course. Darby Allen's making his intentions clear. Jungle Boy is... Targeting championships. Sammy Guevara's in a trios title match. There's your pillars. Yep. I'm annoyed that I'm not the first person to have fired off this tweet,
2: but it would appear that they are very much building towards a four-way pillar title match on TV. Should be great. Yeah. Great use of a TV title, a uh, world title on TV, defense. Um, The best thing about a good world title match on TV is in the moment because you know it's not going to change hands. So that's not the feat that you have to pull off because it's all but impossible. You have to create in-the-moment drama and a four-way that pays off so much history between these four men, indirect, overlapping, is that there will come a moment when A, Darby Allen goes to Pin Guevara and you think it's a three-count before a last-minute save, and B... It furthers the idea that the institution is now against
1: MJF, and he can say, "I could lose my title." I don't know how, how many multi-man title defenses have there been, world title defenses. Yeah, have he's there like, been. I'm
2: going to now. that kind of loads in the tag team division, but you can just
1: step aside from yeah. that. Yeah, but in terms of singles, the sing- in terms of the world title, it's been I don't think many outside of 2021.
2: On 20, oh, they did a single four-way for the world title. No, so yeah, that, that works as, as part of that. It's one of those where they have to strike a careful balance because I don't know how wise it is to present AEW as the heel or I like how they've been the upstanding company. They've never cornered you. Mm. They've always upheld their stipulations. They've always promised the best and tried really hard to deliver it. I understand it's all filtered through MGF's lens, but if it gets so bad, I'll permit this four-way, but you can't do much more than that.
1: I might be stepping on my own dick for the uh, Dynamite preview here, but I've got a great way of setting it up, and they've used it for a world title before. What about at this party, someone did, does a with a burger, like they did with uh, Nyla Rose and Britt no. Baker? Would they not do that with the men, do you think? Do you think they might? Be a bit more serious. To be fair, Britt Baker's got
2: a McDonald's gimmick on Twitter. They try to take it to TV, and it just didn't
1: land. Between the things that didn't land. QT Marshall... We'll go after me on Twitter. Careful. Uh, He's there promoting the debut of QTV Powerhouse Hobbs. Like, again, if I do that, I've got my hand covering half the screen. I look at Powerhouse Hobs with the TNT title. And again, this is nothing against QT Marshall as a person. I just don't like it as part of this. We said it on Wednesday. I'm covering old ground. Thursday, I'm covering old ground here. Anyway. He, about as obviously TNT champion next week on Dynamite QTV is going to tell you who really robbed Wardlow's car who could it possibly be Ugh,
2: I'll let QTV play out um, but it, it's, it's, it's a similar deal to Dax Howard where you're asking your followers your TV audience whatever what am I thinking am I doing the am I working the bully ray shoot yeah, where I actually am being trying my hardest to be so insufferable on this meta level that you hate me, or I'm a, I'm a actually that stupid and insufferable to the point <laughs> where I can't recognize the value of critics. And whenever I try and ask that
1: question, I just think the que- the question itself is tedious. Mm. Uh, then we got the Acclaimed versus... I always see that sign for Starboy Charlie. I, for my sins, hadn't checked out who he was, but I love his dungaree combo thing. And Jack Cartwheel, who does as his name suggests, as his name is read out here. It's a 90-second squash, this, basically. Um, yeah, Starboy Charlie got the piss taken out of him for his outfit. Jack Cartwheel did a cartwheel, and the Acclaimed won after an arrival and a mic drop. No surprise there. It was sort of more about the post-match if that, let's be perfectly yeah. honest, uh, because out comes uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange. I still love them. They could still get doing a scissor with a JS t-shirt going, look, you could do this. Yeah, I, like, did, I, 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 I
2: did enjoy that, to be honest. I thought it was good.
1: Yeah. Ange's face in particular was like, uh, it's good. And they're just like, no. Yeah. Anything you want to say about the match? Uh, no. Well, post uh, that, we had a pre-take with Jericho uh, Guevara and Garcia, uh, and he promised to win the trios titles in Winnipeg by the spirit of Bob Holiday and Roddy Piper. Good.
0: (laughs) Selling a little or a lot?
1: a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. <laughs> then it was time for Gnosuke Togeshta and Preston Vance. Um, I think this is the first time We've had Kanosuke Takeshita with Don Carlos a little bit now. He yeah. was on commentary, um, watching it, and, uh, well, putting himself over <laughs> it, yeah. I'm um, Although I did like the bit where Takeshita hit a flying clothesline and carlos was like, he looks like Luthes, doesn't he, <laughs> to Kanosuke? Um, and they hit an elbow to send Vance outside, and a nice sli- slingshot dive from Takeshita takes us to a break. When we come back, they both hit closed, down- closed lines. There's a double knockdown. Takeshita hits a blue thunder bomb for a two-count. Uh, he nails him with the running knee, but Jose, the assistant, uh, puts Preston's foot on the rope to break it up. So Takeshita gets to the outside and just murders him. Um, but that allows Preston Vance to recover. He gets a discus lariat. That gets a near fall. Um, and then there's a really good... I saw this on Twitter. I have to admit, I saw this on Twitter um, over the weekend before I actually watched this match. But the I was dizzy just watching oh, the, my the, the finish to this finish match. Finish this
2: match warrants the... Oh,
1: my God. Yeah, it ended in a backslide, but I can't really describe what led to that. It was a reversal of a full Nelson, effectively, and then... I don't want to dismiss it by saying lots of spinning, but it it, it made I I had to watch this about three times. It was yeah. great. It was just so good. This from from and like not to be all mm, look who he's working with because I like Preston Vance, yeah. but credited to to Kestra and Vance, I should say, working together on this finish because it was just yeah it, for a for a backslide. Yeah, I'd understand why you'd be like, oh, what's happening? I thought it was a great finish. This finish once again. Oh my god.
2: I described this match on the Rampage preview that I recorded with Hamfler as kind of like the referendum on how good Preston Vance is and whether he's really worth the investment. Again, we talk a lot about the use of resource on Dynamite. And, you know, now that there's a fourth hour, apparently, of AEW TV incoming. Oh, yeah. Maybe we could talk about that more in depth on on AEW Fuse. Mm. On uh, maybe another podcast. But yeah, has it got a name yet? Point. No name. A W Fuse. Is it called? Uh,
1: Don't get me on that. Yeah. Because I saw Pollard reporting on it yesterday, and there was a bit of me that was like, "No, neither you were. Not
2: neither you one. one. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that as it comes. But genuinely, there is now an impetus to get more acts over. Yeah. So yeah, I've kind of campaigned for someone like Preston Vance. Acts of that ilk do way more on Ring of Honor. Like, more reps, more reps, more reps away from the premium that is Dynamite, which I really think Khan should streamline. That isn't happening anymore because with the fourth hour of TV, he's going to need these Preston Vances, his, I don't know, his Action Andretti's, and they're here to stay for better or for worse. Before that was announced or I heard about it, I just thought, you know, this is – a big big night for Preston Vance. He really has to impress because if he can't do so against Takeshita, yeah, then you're not really going to impress against anyone. And if you can't impress in a wrestling match in the wrestling oriented promotion, what are you here for? The results were inconclusive because this wasn't a blow away great match, but at times he really hung in yeah. there with Takeshita. Look at times with the uh, discus elbow with like the sort of dueling discus elbows, the knockdown, trying some of this is awesome chant. It did, at times, collapse into this is awesome chasing sub strong style acclaim, if you know what I mean. They know the patterns now. Every single wrestler, it seems, in North America knows the pattern, knows when to fall down together at the same time. So fans can do the this is awesome. At times, it felt like a soulless attempt to get all of that. Mm. Then at times he was really laying it in and looked like a big horse. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't make I couldn't make my mind up about Vance after the fact. He still looked a bit of a prospect here, to be honest. And that finish was so good. Whenever you see something like convoluted like this, it can really feel like they are trying hard to be clever in just doing counters for the sake of it because it was popularized in New Japan about 12 years ago. My God, he looked bamboozled. Mm. He effectively looked like he did not know what had just happened to him, which says so much about the character of Takeshita and his crafty in-ring prowess. And I thought Vans played his part beautifully in one of the best finishes you'll see on Rampage.
1: Yeah, I've got to give credit. Like you know, we, you and I, have been crying out for this this callous Takeshita thing since they it was like that photo leaked from them chatting at a show or it's something. PwG, yeah. And it's like, well, that's a great direction. I that was
2: such a cool touch to do it there, mm. like away from the people from AEW. Might say, "Our oh, Callis is bad news. Stay away from him." He got his hooks in away yeah. from our. That was such a lovely detail.
1: But yeah, they just and the, this match just showcased, like Tekestra, obviously a sensational pro wrestler. He's got a bit of bit of something about him as well upstairs, as exemplified by this, and it's only going to get developed by someone like Don Callis, who's Probably the second best wrestler ever to come from Winnipeg. Would you say? Uh, yeah, if you give him a bit, a bit more time, a bit more, I've got a few months of training just to get back to somewhere <laughs> near his prime. Uh, promo from Swerve Strickland next. Um, he says I maybe under underestimated Keith Lee somewhat. Um, he says the mogul affiliates have been put on the shelf, which I believe includes Parker Boudreaux and Trench. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's right. Maybe, I
1: don't know, maybe you know, he's trying uh, petit Poit for the first time.
2: I've had peas before. i tell you what, this was their write-off. Yeah, they're done, aren't they? They are done. <laughs> so maybe we should retire that bit from now out of respect. Indeed. Because, uh, look, bad idea. Everyone said at the time it was a bad idea. I think maybe there was a bit of latitude extended towards Khan because he has previous of putting people together. You think, ah, oh, him and them. And then, like, months later, you think, oh, my God, that's why he put them together. He's got this weird... Sense of who's going to have chemistry. This was not it. No. Nope. Everyone, this is worrying from Khan because everyone knew that Parker was not ready. Absolutely not ready. He was ruthlessly exposed on that rampage before Revolution to the point where it was unfair. Like, why are you putting him mm. on TV in a main event when he's just not there yet? Um, Best thing for them is to get them away from this limelight. I just... Do you put them in ROH? Do you just have them taken along an elevation? I don't know what you do, but you, you stop being so goddamn impulsive, that's mm. for sure. Like Tony Khan, I wish he would just set himself some fucking rules about how he should format his TV shows. Stop getting so giddy if someone impresses you with their look or within a match like Andretti or Parker. Like... You know what? I've coined something here. I'm probably going to tweet something to this effect. When booking his wrestlers or recruiting talent to contracts or whatever, I'm going to call this the Tony Khan Tattoo Principle. <laughs> they always tell you, right, that when you have an idea for a tattoo, ah, I see, we go with this. That you should give it, given that you are going to have it for the rest of your life. On a smaller scale, Tony Khan, if you're going to sign someone to a three-year deal, you're realistically going to have to do something with them to justify that outlay. If you really want to sign that person, or if you've seen them work dark and you thought, "Oh, that was great," give it a month, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then, like, give yours. Just say, "I am not doing this." I've got this internal code. Give it a month, and if you're still giddy on the prospect of saying, all right, I need AR Fox. What a great baby face he is to like to beat. Essentially, that's what he is. Mm -hmm. If a month later, you still think that's a capital idea and that A gives you a time to just get rid of this impulse, lack of impulse control that you've got, then just have that month. I understand there's the risk that WWE could sign them. But at this point, you've got more than enough to play with. Yeah. More than enough. Even with the four shows, he's got too many, too much talent. That's still Ron Smackdown. That's still less rather than Ron SmackDown. Yeah. The Tony Khan tattoo principle. If yeah. after a month you're still as high as you were on the prospect, go for it. And in the meantime, you can actually create plans. What what's Bandido dean? No. Oh
1: yeah. Bup
2: nothing. Game, yeah. Absolutely kiss. But you just saw that match with Jericho's like he a contract.
1: It's a good it's a good spot. Uh was it Tony Khan Tattoo Principle? Yes, I like that. Uh, anyway, TKTP.
2: <laughs> um,
1: he says, Lee, you won't see what's coming next." Uh, call so him a two cannon. more
2: experienced guys are going to
1: attack him from behind, who aren't as green as goose sh-
2: as uh, Parker Boudreau and uh, Trench. Yeah, that's right. Um, from we'll, now, yeah, starting again. get no, From now, don't now, want to be shocking. Like that, they're in about you can imagine they're not feeling particularly great. So let's stop that one from now. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: we'll always have the Rick Ross segment. So, I love it. immortal. I have to go back and watch that tonight. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Swerve says call him a cannibal. Everything he sees going forward is food You're coming for the kill. Eyes in your back of your head. Yeah, it's still like. Bad about the mogul affiliates, but there's still a long way to go with this. There's going to be one or
2: two more mogul affiliates who are just... That's what he's foreshadowing quite um, obviously here. Just pick two guys
1: who aren't totally green. Hmm. Um, then Mark Briscoe was in the ring, uh, and he says, Sagtown what's good, baby, and gets a great reaction. Uh, he says, I represent the baddest tag team in... In all of time and space. Love that line. Um, but it is time. The Briscoes, obviously, it's time to move forward with these Ring of Honor tag team titles. He's been talking backstage to his main man, Tony Khan. The only person, I'm going to say, who can say that sentence, and I go, don't go, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah, completely get that. And he says, Tony, I said to him, Tony, i got an idea, brother. Uh, and basically announces a ladder match for the Ring of Honor tag team titles at Supercard of Honor. Um, but it's not just a ladder match. It is the Reach for the Sky boy. ladder match. What a name. Which is, I knew about this beforehand, but I still popped for him selling this. The oh. Reach for the Sky ladder match, I should say. Uh, Perfect. And, and he got the Lucha Bros out there. That is in fact what you
2: do in a ladder match. I, I think everyone understands why it's clever. <laughs> yeah. But it's just such a nice and fitting tribute.
1: I thought it was a great announcement as well. Um, yeah, it's the one, t- the one time when we don't go Ladder match, another one. one when Phoenix is in it. Yeah, it's got and Phoenix in it. The lovely idea behind it. Hoy Commander in there because I really enjoyed seeing him for the first time on it that. With <laughs> anyone, yeah, anyone, anyone and everyone. Um, Kingdom in there, yes, please. Good shout that. And uh, yeah, huge ring of honor announcement and supercard of honor is looking good. It looks like it's got show of the air potential. Um. Well, uh, next up, something that's going to take a lot to beat Revolution. Yeah. But I hope to see them try. I was very excited the moment I watched this to get your thoughts on it. It was one of the first notes I wrote down. Matt Hardy's going to train Stokely Hathaway for his match with Hook. Your thoughts? That might be a halfway amusing vignette. There's going to be, yeah, some sort of montage. uh, It's next month, isn't it? That they're going to fight. Yeah. I think okay. so. so at some
2: at some some time.
1: Yeah. Uh, I just thought, all oh, right, okay, because and they did. To be fair, they did acknowledge the fact that Matt Hardy tapped out like a bitch in like three seconds. So it's clear. And like they're showing little glimpses of like not that needed to be implied. He's not all in on this team, is he?
2: He's uh, <sighs> hiding in plain sight. I don't mean it. it's just my Hardy stuff, you know.
1: Sorry, like, let's move on to the main event. Because this is a, I suppose, legacy feud. This is obviously, of course, the first women's match in AEW or, on Dynamite. I the say. first women's match in Dynamite history. And the well, the, when Nina beat Riho to win the title, of course, in February of 2020. It was a different time then, wasn't it? It was a much better time. My God, that match is so incredible. I can't, I can't go back and watch it because I remember how I felt watching that and going... What's this on the news? Yeah, do we need to be need to be worried about this? I'm
2: sure they've played this up before, and you know it didn't amount to anything. Yeah, uh, all, all sports are getting cancelled. Why well, the Euros aren't happening? We were sitting in the office on like the Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and it was like, oh, everything's getting cancelled. The league's getting suspended. The Euros are off. Should we even be here? WrestleMania still happening because Vince is just refusing. <laughs> yeah. Just refusing. And then on the Monday, got the message on Slack. Yep, today's your last
1: day in the office for the foreseeable future. Great. I'll see you in a few weeks. It'll blow over. Narrator, it didn't. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but great to see these two back in the ring together. Uh, and just, yeah, a t- textbook Reho match this in terms of early on, I watched it and went, well, how's she going to do anything? Because, like, the bit where she tried for a superplex, or suplex, I should say. She's such a... Rose. Ro- Nada Rose is like, what are you trying to do here? And so I was like, oh, cool. There's never going to be a suplex in this match then. She gets you every time, yeah.
2: doesn't she? She's amazing. I
1: love her. Um, and the bit where, where was it? Is this early on? Yeah. <laughs> go. They go to the outside and Rio's like... You're like, come! And like, oh, she might have a bit of momentum coming off the top rope to the outside. That's a bit of a drop. And even then, Nyla Rose went, that was easy. I thought, oh, I could probably catch that. And then, obviously, Riho, using her talents, reverses, sends uh, Nyla Rose into the stairs on the outside. Um, and at one point, to take us to a break, Marina Shafir, who's obviously out there with Nyla Rose, uh, pulls Riho out of the ring and judo throws her to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back. Uh it looks like uh R- Rose is gonna hit Riho with a superplex. Um, but Riho fights back and hits a diving hurricane runner and a double foot stomp for a two count. Um Riho tries for a, a Northern Lights suplex, um, but Rose blocks that power slams her and hits that guillotine knee drop that won her the title, of yeah. course. Um Oh, I forgot to do the the Mark Henry thing. Never mind. Uh actually he did, to be fair, didn't say there's been enough talk. There's no need for talk, he did say, so that doesn't really apply here. And, you know, busy day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, near falls for uh, for Nyla Rose and for Riho. Um, Rose goes up top for a big on, but Riho gets out of the way. Um, and then, huge because she got that Northern Lights suplex. She did it! Yeah. I love it! Uh, Only got her a two count now. Goes for a running east route. Rose dodges. Riho hits the corner. Rose goes for a cannonball in the corner. Riho avoids that. Uh, Crucifix bomb gets a near fall for Riho. And she's firing up in the corner. Shafia trips her. Rose tries to, you know, hit the distracted Riho with the beast bomb. But Riho rolls through, cradles her. One, two, three. One thing before I get into the match, right?
2: And, you know, Jim Ross... (laughs) Just on Jim Ross, very very quickly. Yeah, I think he demonstrably right is a little bit moody. That he isn't on dynamite anymore. He's kind of even less enthusiastic. He'll just kind of he'll put the odd dig in on oh, Friday oh, on a show. He said, right, halfway through this match or when that happened. What's Mar- what's. Mar- What's Marina Shafir doing out here? (laughs) And, like, Excalibur had to all but say, Jim, they've associated on screen for pretty much a year at this point. Aye. Like, they are, you know... I know it was
1: Vicky stuff before, but they were always, yeah.
2: Yeah, they are teammates, essentially. Just just finding that this is new information for Jim.
1: Wait a second, Daniel Garcia and Sammy (laughs) Guevara? Are teams (laughs) together? Yeah, (laughs)
2: Wait a minute, Sammy got uh, Chris Jericho. It's yes, just yes, before yes. four years Jim. You know what I mean? Like, that's indefensible. Yeah. How do you not know? Yeah. I understand they haven't been on, the, they take the rotating cast to its kind of limit, but regardless, they've shared screen time for ages, so, albeit sporadically, they've done it. Yes. He, sh- he should know this. What the hell's that? Well, Jim, if you watch a TV show. The match itself, I didn't know how to feel about this. As he said, typical Riho, Nyla Rose, but not in a way that felt formula or cliched, but structurally, thematically the same. Mm. Riho, every time, is like, oh, I can't do anything against Nyla Rose. And she draws upon the fan support. She does the moves early, later, deeper in the match that she couldn't even begin to attempt. It should feel like a pattern. It should feel like corny stuff at this mm. point. But she's got such a bond with the audience and she's so likable that it never feels like a deceitful trick. But I was in two minds watching this. One, it just reminded me how far we've gone from the premiere of Dynamite on February 22 that this match was significantly less relevant or loud than the first two. And it just felt like oh, that's a shame what's happened to these two since mm. the early days. And yet, the chemistry between them, even though this is the weakest match of the three, the chemistry between them at its best, this is uneven, but when it peaked, they still got like a from the crowd yeah. when they did the Northern Lights. And I'm thinking that's the magic of Riho. But it did feel bittersweet given if you watched it in contrast to the first two, an inescapable bittersweet feeling, mm. but in and of itself, if you just are more happy-go-lucky than I am, then there were elements of this match where they got a dead, all-but-vanished rampage
1: crowd to feel like a proper AEW crowd again, and testament to the work. Uh, and it's all about the post-match as well, because post-match, uh, Shafia slides in, and to her and Nala Rose beat up Riho, lay her out, uh, and then have a little moment of no no physicality between them and the outcast, because here comes Soraya, Tony Storm and Ruby Soho uh, and they attack Riho as well and spray paint the L on her, targeting Riho and it's kind of forcing her to align with the other team. Yeah, so what, she should have got saved. Yeah, I was waiting for that and going, oh,
2: no. Because why would she then join them? Maybe they'll do, because she's won a lot, they'll do Riho hate her and then they'll shake hands. And that of can course, still yeah, she beat fight.
1: Storm on the go-home for Revolution. She's beat
2: Storm, she's beat Sakura, and she's now beaten rules so I think she's next in line for hate, uh, maybe on Rampage
1: at Winnipeg. Yeah, I, I was always booking her for that Cargill stuff, but um, obviously they're clearly going in a different direction in Canada this week with that. Yeah, because that's to be a Canadian. Um, so, yeah, in the interim, I'm fine with a Jamie Hayter title match on telly. I think, yeah, she's won three times, so it'd be stupid for them not to at this point. Mm. Uh, Right, well, let us know your thoughts on AEW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. What's the uh, name of the Tony Khan thing again? I've forgotten. The Tony Khan Tattoo Principle, the TKTP. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what WWE, uh, and make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. SmackDown Review is available right now and we'll be here a little bit later on with a Raw preview. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.